All right, Jimmy, we're back. We're back in the studio. Here in uh, Glorious, uh, you activated my podcast uh, studios. In downtown Burbank, California, (laughs) filmed before a live studio audience. None of those things are true. No. In fact, this studio is arguably less impressive. It's actually actually a one-bedroom. It's not a studio. (laughs) (laughs) Little apartment joke there for you. That, it's that uh, that classic podcast humor you've grown to know and love. That's what we're here for. All right, let's start this damn thing. Your move. It's time to put 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 a podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week we are talking about season one, episode twenty-five, sh- 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 shining friendship. Shining friendship. Easily ah. my favorite title thus far. <laughs> shining friendship. It's also the name of a card, which I feel like is really good. Like I wish Yu-Gi-Oh did this more. Of having episode names that are the same as the cards that appear. Um, before we get into it, just like brief, how do you feel about this episode? Uh, it was it was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was some. The story was weird. It had some issues. It, ha- it was had some issues. Yep. It. Uh, yeah, I, I think it rushed to get to the the point of the episode. Yeah. It was kind of just like, oh, here's a. Here's a little bit of setup for you, and now the real, now the duel. Yeah, and then more card game stuff, and right. then it all wraps up nicely in the end. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, for those of you who've been listening along, you'll know that we had to skip around a little bit with with the weeks and stuff. We've both been busy. Jimmy, you've been uh, working not only your day job, but working on a movie, uh, and I have been uh, quitting my day job and packing up all of our belongings so that we can move. Um, so yeah, so it's been, it's been a little bit for us, actually. This is really nice to kind of get back and and watch some, uh, some weird Yu-Gi-Oh again. this is actually the last time we'll be watching Yu-Gi-Oh on your TV because you're selling it today. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right after we record this episode, I'm selling the TV. So, uh, we're enjoying it while we can. We've got the couch. We sold the coffee table. So we have the couch pushed up as close as humanly possible to the television to really get that like yugi in imax uh that cinematic experience, experience. <laughs> um, that we all crave from Yu-Gi-Oh. and uh while i am kind of sad that we're not watching the next three-parter uh or is it a two-parter i'm looking here oh the next two-parter champion versus creator on the cinematic experience i feel like shining friendship is still a, a good uh a good way to go out a good way to celebrate the television you think so <laughs> i think so I was going to say, what a tragic waste. <laughs> what a sad send-off for this good TV you've had so long by f- ending it by watching Shining Friendship. Okay, well, let, we'll see if I can pull up Avatar or something before <laughs> before we sell it. Um, all right, so before we get into discussing the episode, Jimmy, every week we talk about what our viewers can do uh, with their 20 minutes uh, rather than waste it spending uh, time watching Yu-Gi-Oh. What's your recommendation this week? Uh, recently, I finished a book. Oh. Um, I've been reading uh, The Moat in God's Eye, which is a sci-fi novel by Larry... I can never remember is if it it's... Niven? Niven or yeah, Niven. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Niven. Niven. The super famous one whose name I've never heard pronounced out loud. Uh, I, I'm just going to keep saying Niven until you Niven. think it's normal. Uh, Larry Niven also wrote Ringworld, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same guy. And he co-wrote this book with um, another guy who I can't remember, unfortunately, even though... There's probably someone who will get very mad at me about that. Well, but it's, uh, nah, you got half. Yeah. But if you like uh, sci-fi, hard sci-fi, uh, this is it's pretty good. It's the story of first contact between this human empire and the alien race called Modis. Huh. And just a lot of uh, trying to communicate with an, a truly alien race whose physiology and culture is very different from... Our own. Hmm. Right on. Yeah, I, yeah. I've read... Uh, I read most of Ringworld. Uh, and uh, I, I've seen a bunch of other Larry Niven novels. And he really does a good job of focusing on those like first contact type stories. Like, oh, yeah. World building is just amazing. Yeah. His stories. It did have... I think he's a little weird. I, I mean, it was the 70s. But I think his approach to like gender roles in sci-fi is 
a little weird. It, it, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a product of the time. It is a product of its time, but the uh, science fiction stuff is good. The beginning of Ringworld, I remember, goes into detail about like the culture of sort of free love and and uh, you know everyone's having orgies all the time and and how great that is, uh, but only for the men because the women should all be serving the men and filling fulfilling their deepest. Yeah, desires. I love so Ringworld. Like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Weird, <laughs> but it it did weird me out a lot that of that Ringworld had like what like three female characters in and, the whole book, and one of them is like madly in love with the protagonist and the like the other two are like actual prostitutes yep yeah yeah pretty much so you know take it with a grain of salt but the world the world building the world building is phenomenal yeah it's 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 he's one of those authors that you have to i think recognize the time that that comes from and uh critique that where it comes up yeah um as a tangent one of the things that really interested me and i wish we'd see more of this in sci-fi um, in the like context coming up to the the setting of the Moten God's Eye, there was this intergalactic, not intergalactic, interstellar war, where and humanity had all these colonies on different planets, and some of them were basically bombed back into the Stone Age, and like a, there's a throwaway line about, um, like 300 years later, this empire, the Codominium, um, not the Codominium, the new empire, uh, basically finding these old colonies that have worked themselves back from space travel to the stone age and are now finally having like swords and stuff. And now they're making first contact with these lost colonies that are coming down in spaceships. And I wish we'd see more of that. So if anyone has any recommendations on like the the, societies, I'm going to drop a recommendation on you right now, actually, if you're ready. Yeah. So uh, dragon riders of Perth, uh, by Anne McCaffrey, uh, is exactly that. Really, it's it's a medieval society, and they have dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the the whole plot of the book is this young woman who forms a bond with a dragon and like defies you know societal conventions and like flies off with a dragon. But she discovers that the planet was first colonized by space explorers from Earth. Oh shit! Yeah. I'll definitely have to yeah, yeah. get it's that a good. look. That's good. Yeah, that, that's a, a really cool concept that I like. I'd like to see more of. So, yeah. Anyway, book recommendation: Moten God's Eye. Nice by Larry Niven. Yes. N- Niven. N- I, Niv- N- Moten God's Niven. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, good. 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 Cool. What um, would you recommend people do instead of watching this show? Uh, I think that. We should have uh, a yearly purge night. Now, hear me out. <laughs> now, what what kind of purge night? Like actual? <laughs> uh, no, not like the purge. Uh, but just get rid of all your shit. Uh, oh, like purging all your shit. Yeah. So, so Lauren and I, and Lauren hopefully will back me up on this. Lauren and I have been packing up uh, to get ready for our move, and we have just realized, like, you know what, space is at a premium. We have to get rid of as much as possible. And some things has been really easy. Like we've gone through all our stuff and been like, oh yeah, why do we even still have this? That's, you know, going to Goodwill or going to, we're going to sell it or whatever, going to a friend. Uh, But some stuff has been like, oh, I really don't want to get rid of this. And this is really nice, but I don't have room for it. Yeah. So I have to like go through that sort of, that sort of you know self self-reflection process of like it's just a thing it's a physical material or it's a material possession i don't need it we we can get rid of it and it'll be okay uh we have to if you look behind you jimmy we had to get rid of our table our yeah, nice gaming table. table it was easily my favorite piece of furniture um but there's no no possible way that it would have ever been able to have been shipped no uh so luckily i mean i put it up on craigslist and uh a very nice a gentleman who had just moved here from Kentucky or something uh, saw it like an hour later and was like, hey, yeah, I'm just moving into town and I need furniture. Let me pick that up like tonight and met him. He was very nice. It, you know, it was clear it was going to a good home. And I was like, OK, all right, there we go. That's the cycle good. continues. The cycle continues. And I got money for it. So that's nice. Um, yeah. So even if you're not moving, uh, definitely I recommend kind of going through 
your things on some sort of like an annual, you know, maybe even like semi-annual basis and just be like, what do I actually need? What am I using here? Um, because it'll be really nice. I think now that we're, you know, really paring down to just the stuff that we need a year or two from now, we'll be able to go, well, where do we want to live now? And just pack up and, and move there. Yeah. I've been, I moved recently and like going through all my stuff. I'm like, why do I have all this? And it's like, some of it is stuff that I don't need now, but I will need like in the future when I have my own place again. Sure. But a lot of it is stuff that that was old when we lived together in like Newburgh. Oh God. And that was six years ago? Six years ago. All kinds of junk and like stuff that you and Garrett had left behind in the house when uh, when we move out of there. Just... Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> that's the one caveat I will say. So definitely have yourself a merry little purge miss. Um but don't be the asshole that I was and just just forget all your things in your apartment when you move and just be like, oh, that's that's the the other roommate's problem. Because yeah. I did that to Jimmy twice, I think. <laughs> I was moving out and I was like, why the hell do I have like no plates but <laughs> like fifteen different spatulas? Do you remember? Do you remember when Garrett? So Jimmy and I used to live uh, in a, a duplex with our friend Garrett. Do you remember when Garrett moved out and we suddenly had a thousand spoons? Yes, I remember the spoons. <laughs> Garrett, come get your spoons. I know you're listening to this. Garrett, we still have your spoons. <laughs> if you ever want to see your spoons again, and like a soup tureen that I've literally never <laughs> used, like a really giant pot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so don't be that guy, but you know, get rid of your stuff. Get rid of your stuff, and in, in a a conscientious way, um, you know, don't throw out the things that you can donate. Um, don't donate the things that you know your friends need, um, and be honest about the value of things. You know, if you feel like you can get fifty bucks for something, like put it up on Craigslist. You know, or uh, I, I actually because I was getting desperate and Craigslist was being a little weird for me. Uh, I made a website for the stuff that I was selling. I like made a new I saw page that. on my website and I shared it with, uh, everyone at my old job. We had this like Slack channel for selling stuff. And so like once a day I would just like put it in that channel being like, Hey, buy my shit. <laughs> uh, and I wrote like little bios. For you had like blurbs selling. for everything. Yeah. It was actually quite impressive. Yeah. I, uh, well, cause I figured, you know, I, I want people to want these things. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. It sure made me want that nice squashy green chair. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm really glad. R.I.P. Uh, chair. Yeah, my friend Ray took that, and uh, their cat has already claimed it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it went to a good home for sure. Um, all right, well, hey, should we talk about some Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, let's actually talk about this uh, this show that the podcast is about. It's time to discuss the episode. As I said before, this episode is Season 1, Episode 25, Shining Friendship. Shining Friendship. Uh, friendship, it's shiny. Jimmy, I believe that I recapped the last episode, so yes, I think you this did is that, on you, those three my parters. friend. This I'm, is Shining I'm Friendship. So sorry. Uh, it takes off uh, right where Face Off Part 3 ended, where for the first time in his goddamn life, Yugi has lost a card game. And it utterly destroys him. And like I'm not e- even exaggerating here. It's not like he's down in the dumps. He's like in shock and can't move. He yep. is not responding to stimuli around him. Like Joey even like picks him up by the collar because he's so short and like shakes him around and he just stares blankly off into space. Yep, it is it is one hundred percent symptoms of shock. Yeah. Um if you have lost a, a card game, please seek a doctor immediately. <laughs> Call 911. Yeah, we should set up a uh, lost a duel hotline. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what he does need, though. Anyway. Um, That's kind of what he gets in this episode, let's be honest. Yeah. The real hotline is friendship. I was going to say Miami. Oh. That's a, you're right. <laughs> Yugi just needs to go to Florida and party it up a little bit. He'll oh, be right as rain. I mean, I meant the video game Hotline Miami. Yes, I but, know. Okay, no, I know. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> Continue. Um, so Yugi is despondent and down in the dumps, and everyone's trying to 
encourage him like, hey, we still have enough star chips and we can just go into the castle. And even Joey is like, hey, you know, um, yeah, I need some money for my, my sister, but your grandpa's soul is trapped in a VHS tape. Please, <laughs> come here, take my star chips. We can just walk right in right now. Yeah, lest we forget the real thing going on here. <laughs> but uh, Yugi just doesn't respond. He's completely blank. And um, everyone's t- sitting around talking about what to do. And then um, my Valentine shows up. She walks in like, hey, losers. No, but, but what's her name? My Valentine. Yeah, and that's great that you have a Valentine, but what's her name? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, I forget exa- what exactly she says, but um, she is actually super kind and offers uh, some of her star chips when she sees that what's what's going on here and she's like oh i already i'm fine and she like shows off her wrist and she's got already got her gauntlet like covered in star chips and she's like i'm just drowning in star chips here here kid (laughs) rolling in them (laughs) uh you you deserve to go on ahead so here take some and then yugi once again is just completely despondent and like doesn't even respond and they're doing a weird thing with the animation this episode. Too. Oh yeah, they're doing a few weird things, but the the weirdest is the way that they convey Yugi's like shock is so okay. So typically, he has like the big ass anime eyes, right? Yeah, they make his irises and pupils extra small, so it's like mostly white of his eyes. Yeah, it's really unsettling. It's like a some other style of animation. The animation in this episode was really off. I mm-hmm. noticed especially when they were animating Taya, her eyes are like way farther apart than they usually are. Yeah, and they're all irises. Yeah, she there's doesn't like have maybe, any pupils. There's maybe one like pinprick for a pupil, but anyway. And then everyone else just has like the angles in their faces are wrong and just they're like their facial features are just like off a little bit i think what it is is they handed this off to a different team so that the main team could work on the next part that would because, make sense. i mean even if you're just looking at the thumbnails here on netflix like you can tell they put in way more time and effort on these next few episodes yeah look than... at the difference between taya's hair here mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. and it's just it's just the sheer level of detail is different yeah i noticed uh taya's eyes Looked exactly like those me eyes that have like the little, that are like round and oh, they have M-I-I little things sticking. Oh, M-I-I me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The N- Nintendo me eyeballs that have like the little, um, I don't even know what, what they would be. Her uh, eyelashes, I guess. Sticking right, but it's like, a, it's like a circle and then just like a block for the eyelash. Yeah. Those ones. Coming yeah, out yeah. to like one side. Yeah. It was like the exact same eyes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of weird animation quirks. But anyway, um, Taya says, well, Yugi won't just accept your, your star chips, but I'll duel you and take some star chips. And Mai's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just giving you star chips. Just, just take the star chips, you <laughs> dumb kids. And, but Taya insists and Mai's like, okay. And so, uh, they, I guess, carry Yugi over to this, um, this duel platform. I mean, it doesn't look difficult. Like Joey literally lifts him up by his collar. Yeah. Yugi is tiny. Yeah. He like picks him up with like one hand. He's like and, a like, foot off the ground. Yeah. yeah. He's like a mannequin. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he's just a tiny, tiny little boy. And he's just dead weight at this point. Like yeah. he's not responding. He's not moving. Just throw him over your shoulder. Uh, the only thing that he says, and he's, I think it's important to bring this in. in now he says it to himself. He says, I can never duel again. Oh, yeah. That was... I forgot about that point, but right at the beginning of the episode, this super melodramatic line when they're trying to encourage him, he just says, I can never duel again because uh, the pharaoh was like, try and harm someone. But that was like just a one-off thing and now you can't play any card games ever well so he doesn't know that it's the pharaoh at this point he's just like this this presence inside of me i'm saying the pharaoh so the audience knows right yami yugi big yugi big yugi uh he he said something like you know he's willing to do whatever it takes to win a duel including seriously hurting which is come on killing yeah uh kaiba in order to win that duel 
Um, but anyway, yeah. So at this point, he's just completely limp as he's like coming to grips with this idea that he's never going to duel again ever because he lost once. <laughs> he, lo- he lost once because this douchebag Kaiba was like standing on the edge and threatening to die if he didn't let him win. Right. And so now he can't play any card games. Ever. Because that's how that works. That's a smart move. Yeah. Uh, so the duel begins between Taya and Mai. Mm-hmm. And Mai brings out... Who goes first? Is it Taya or is it Mai? Uh, Taya goes first. Yeah, Taya brings out... I can't remember the name of this thing. Oh, I remember because I built a deck around one once. Petite Angel. Petite Angel. Now, you think of an angel, you think... You know, like a humanoid figure with a halo with uh-huh. wings, maybe mm-hmm. like a dress. Mm-hmm. This is basically uh, Jigglypuff. Yes. It's a sphere. It's Jigglypuff with wings. It's spherical Jigglypuff with a little halo. Not even like a cherub. It's a ball. Mm-hmm. A pink little ball with and, a smiley face. And what sound does it make? It makes the exact sound that a dog chew toy makes when you step on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking around. Oh, hold on. Oh, are we getting an object lesson? Uh-oh, he's going to the vault. What's he got? Here we go. It makes this sound. Yep. So, so like when Taya says, uh, Petite Angel, uh, attack with whatever, Petite Angel goes. And when Petite Angel dies. Yep. <laughs> that was actually really good. That's <laughs> very accurate. Um yeah, it's it's really it does not sure. fit the name of the card at no, all. It's just a weird little uh like a Kirby face. It's you know what it is? I'm and I'm glad you said Kirby. It's exactly Kirby. It's Kirby when Kirby swallows Pit <laughs> in uh in Smash Brothers. That's true. No, it's a um if if Kirby swallowed Pit and then a ditto imitated Kirby. <laughs> It's that kind of blank expression on its face. Yeah, it's got that dumb little smile. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that's what it is. So Petite Angel is the first card to come out. And uh, Joey and Tristan and Bakura and company are like, yeah, what is that? <laughs> what is? What does Joey say? Joey's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Everyone's just aghast that she brings out this dumb little puffball. <laughs> and Maya's like, whatever, and brings out, you guessed it, a harpy. And... The harpy flies in and with its terrible claws and just pops this little squeaky toy like a grape, <laughs> just instantly right off the bat. Mm-hmm. What well, it, it does, it it toys with it too is the really funny thing. And I don't, again, somebody had to program this into this like holograph, right? Yeah. Because the harpy lady attacks, swoops past the petite angel. And then Taya goes, oh, that was close. And then the harpy appears behind the petite angel and just squishes it with a talon. <laughs> and it's like, damn, whoever animated these holograms so had it in for petite angel. I don't know. I Yeah, hats off to... Uh, it would have been Kaiba. Kaiba. It wasn't Kaiba. It would have been Kaiba. I mean, he de- he developed it, but maybe yeah. it, was, it was Pegasus's... Uh, Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah. Uh, what are they called? Industrial Magic? Pegacorp. Peg, peg, Pegasi Corp? <laughs> I don't remember what Pegasus' company is called. It's, it's Industrial something. <laughs> illusions. Ill- industrial Illusions. Um, anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah. Taya's little puffball goes puff. And um, shit, what happens next? She brings out... Something else. Do you remember? Oh, God. Oh, no, I'm blanking. This is the worst part of these episodes where it's like midway through the duel because this is when the stuff that doesn't matter happens. Yeah. Um, when look she... it up. Oh, okay, I'm going to look it up. When did she bring out uh, uh, Shining Friendship? Is what uh, I that's know. after this. That's okay. Uh, she brings out some little thing that also dies. Okay, stall for time. I'm getting there. I accidentally typed in Wicca, and I started looking up witchcraft instead of <laughs> Wikia. Um, burn, burn, burn. What fr- shining? It's not shining friendship. Um, petite angel looks like. Um, 
all these things that it looks like, but it looks like uh, Drifloon, the Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little floaty head. You should just cut all this out of the episode. You know what? No, it's staying in. This is ooh, great airtime. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Here we go. Japanese translation. Duel of Tears. Friendship. Is there like a, a colon there? or No, there's a, it's an exclamation mark. It's, oh. like, it's like, Godspeed you, Black Emperor. <laughs> Duel of Tears. Friendship. Uh, it is the Duel of Tears in a way. Ugh, okay, here we go. That sounds uh, good. So, okay, turn two. My summons Harpy Lady. Turn three. Taya draws. She then summons. Oh, she then normal summons. You know why we didn't remember this? Why? Fairy's Gift. Oh, yeah. Fairy's Gift. And Mai makes a great comment, which I th- I think is the comment that I was making in my head, and I erased this turn from my mind, where Mai goes, uh, more of these cutesy... Why is she Pegasus? She's... I mean, her, <laughs> mm, her voice is kind of like if you just took Pegasus and made it a woman. Yeah. Right? Like... A little bit. A little bit. She's very... She's more confident. of a smartass. Yeah. So she's she's like, what what's with all these cutesy cards? Uh, and, like, scoffs. Um... But yeah, so Taya, uh, oh, Taya has Fairy's Gift attack, Harpy Lady. Fairy's Gift is kind of like a, I guess more of a traditional fairy looking thing. It's got like butterfly wings. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a lady with butterfly wings, basically. Like a lady in a green dress. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So, so Taya uses Fairy's Gift to attack Harpy Lady, but then Mai activates her face down Rose Whip card. Oh yeah, Taya. to Harpy Lady. Uh, attacks with the fairy mm-hmm. and she's confident that it can take out the harpy but all this magic hits the harpy and it doesn't do anything right and then we get a shot of bakura saying everything that we just said but slower yeah <laughs> i think that after all these moves bakura or someone just like narrates exactly what we just saw even though it like either through my or Taya saying it or through the visual cues on the screen, we know exactly what happened. And then Bakura steps in and goes, Oh, that was a great play. My baited Taya into attacking Harper lady so that she could activate her trap card. And, and it's like, well, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Just filling for time at this point. I mean, really? Cause we see Taya like planning what she's going to do and then doing it. And then Bakura, saying what she just did right like through this whole episode just just sort of reiterating what the other characters are doing and saying in his own words basically yeah thanks bakura that's extremely helpful <laughs> why are you here you know what yeah he's got to do something now that he's not evil yeah they, he was they only took interesting this, when he was evil yeah they took this evil character and made him good and now he's just kind of there yep uh, so then Mai draws, uh, Mai's hand contains an unknown magic card. Uh, oh, Mai sets a card, uh, Harpy's Feather Duster. Oh yeah, she sets the uh, Harpy's Feather Duster aside. Yep, face down. Yep. Um, Taya then draws Shining Friendship. Yeah, here we here we go. Now we're back in the interesting stuff. Now we're back in the interesting stuff. Taya draws episode. Shining Friendship, which is literally just Petite Angel with a color swap. Yup. Like, if uh, Petite Angel was in Smash Brothers and they needed another color to change it, right? It looks exactly like it's it. yeah. It's the exact same character model, but green. I yes. think. And so, uh, she's looking at Shining Friendship, mm-hmm. and she says, "Oh, Shining Friendship, just like our friendship. I wish this card could be just as powerful as." Our actual friendship, it would have what? I, I can't remember what exactly she said. So she visualizes like, my favorite scene yeah, where they draw the symbol of friendship the on their symbol hands. symbol of friendship on their hands, the smiley face. Ugh. And she imagines this card having like uh, Yugi's heart and Tristan's spirit. Spirit. And Joey's... Courage. Courage, yeah. Or was it the other way around? No, it was Joey's courage. Yeah, I think so. And then she's like, wait a minute. It can have this somehow because I'm here with all my friends and they're supporting me. Therefore, I'm going to win. Oh, you had a very different read on that scene than I did. Oh, did you? Yeah. What did you so, think okay, was so you, going on? So you thought that she was reading that as like a positive thing. That all her friends were there supporting her? Yeah, you? yeah. So 
I read that as the opposite of she says, oh, what if this card could be as powerful as our friendship? It would have Joey's courage and, and Tristan's spirit and Yugi's heart. And she looks at Yugi as she says that and he doesn't respond. He like kind of looks not really in her direction, just kind of like off into space with like the same like the shocked look that he's been doing. And there's just no response. And then she goes, maybe it is as strong as our friendship. And I was like, damn, maybe they're not that good of friends. Oh, because Yugi was like not, out of it. Not there for her, like at all. So I was thinking, oh, shit, like she's saying this to be like, I have to be the one to pull through to like make. To inspire Yugi? Yeah, to like be the friend that my friend can't be for me. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. That sentence was weird, but No, I get it. I read that very differently. That was like a very dark moment for me. But then like the next second is all like Tristan and Joey and people like cheering for her. That's true. That's true. Saying that she can do it and all that kind of thing. Except Yugi. Except Yugi, who's still just got PTSD from uh from losing a card game. I will say this this whole thing with Yugi makes me respect Kaiba even more. Because when Kaiba lost, yes, he did have that whole like whiny boy thing that we made fun of him for where he was like, I must find myself. I don't know who I am without card games. But then like he went and developed a whole new form of like portable holograms and like built a better deck and like yeah. discovered the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. He and... immediately threw himself into his work just to get revenge for losing once at a card game. Right. So I don't know. That makes me like him a bit more. Uh, but then, yeah, so the Harpy Lady attacks, oh no, uh, Taya has a Shining Friendship, but she also has a second card. Do you remember this card? Uh, was it the Bow and Arrow? No, it was Waboku. Oh, the Waboku, yes. yes. Which I thought sounded like Wabafet. Yes. Waboku! <laughs> Another Pokemon. Here so in the mix. she, uh, places Wabaku face down, right? Uh, she does. After staring at it for a long while going, this is a trap card. What does it do? Yeah. And then she finally plays that. And then I think even Mai like makes a comment about it. Oh, you're finally playing something after just like staring at your cards for so long. Right. Yeah. Just keep up, Taya. Come on. You can do this. Mai actually had a lot of good lines in this episode. Yeah. Saying things like, oh, making another friendship speech. I think I'm going to throw up. (laughs) We've all we've heard it all before. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this episode is really great. I think it's for a little meta one liners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for my one liners, not my one liners. Hey. Um. Yeah. So then, uh, so she plays Wabaku face down. Uh, and oh, and the Harpy Lady attacks Shining Friendship. Yeah, Harpy Lady attacks Shining Friendship, and then it can't do anything because Wabaku. Which is like three elves in robes. Yeah, just it's like kinda a druid ap- circle. Yeah, they just kind of appear in front of Shining Friendship and lower its attack power to zero. Right. So nothing happens. Yep. And Joey goes, yeah, I taught her that move. <laughs> yeah. And that, oh yeah, that was a good line. Because then Tristan was like, yeah, when she was kicking your butt with it. <laughs> and Joey says like, yeah. So now we're starting to see like, oh, okay, yes, they're they're all still friends here. The friends are all the supporting friends each other. are back. Uh, you know, nice, a little a little ribbon, a little uh, a little a little joking around, Some a little joshing, joshing around. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then, then it's my turn, Mai's turn, not my turn. <laughs> I'm not what? present. Why did they name this character? Well, no, I know why they named her Mai because Mai Valentine. Valentine. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so then, oh no, that was Mai's turn was Sh- Harpy Lady attacking Shining Friendship. Do you and think then, Mai Valentine is her actual name or is it a pseudonym that she's going by? I... Because that would make a good stage name. Yeah, and I don't know if they ever explain it. I feel like maybe in a later season they might explain more of her, like, backstory. I feel like it's her given name. Come on, parents, don't do that. <laughs> well, I mean... I don't know. It's not a bad name necessarily. It's just silly. Maybe it's short for something. What would my be short for? My Angelou Van- Valentine. <laughs> Maya. Um, 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 Miami. 
<laughs> Miami Valentine. Hotline Miami Valentine. <laughs> we did it. We solved it. There it is. Uh, nailed it. Um, all right. So then uh, Taya draws the Magician of Faith. And she goes, oh, yeah, I remember this card. And sets it in defense mode. Yeah. Um, and then activates. This is when the bow and arrow comes in. And she, oh, yeah, equips- she gives it. She gives the bow and arrow to Shining Friendship. So now it's just a puffball with a little bow and arrow. It's so cute, though. There's no way its little tiny That's stub little arms will be able to use a bow and arrow, though. No, there's no way. And it's so funny because it's it's holding the bow in one hand and the, the arrow in the other. And the arms are on just opposite ends of its bulbous body. <laughs> and there's it, no way it it's can Kirby make them arms. Yeah, They're it's just like little... Arms. Like little puppet arms. Right. And there's no way they can meet. There's no way it could ever draw that bow. Uh, but nonetheless, here we are. Uh, and then it's... What does she do? Does she attack? Uh, I'm pretty sure it goes back to Maya at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I don't think she does anything. Uh, yeah, then Maya activates Cyber Shield and equips it to Harpy Lady. Oh, yeah. Cyber Shield. Cyber Shield is a weird name for that card. It is weird. It's neither Cyber nor a shield. No, it's armor. She plays this card and this green uh, weird armor just starts appearing on the harpy. And the harpy does this almost like Sailor Moon sort of transformation where she's like posing in different ways. And then whatever body part she's like looking at, there's like a shining piece of armor that appears. For the podcast audience, Jimmy is posing. (laughs) <laughs> for the for those listening to our audio medium <laughs> yeah it just like gestures with its arm and then like it gets it's not even armor on the on the arms it's like this upper arm like spikes that mm-hmm. appear or i don't even know what you would call something like that because it's not it's a like pauldron a, no it's not a pauldron it's like an armband kind yeah. of but it's it's like a metal armband with spikes on it yeah so the harpy gets this armor that's a shield mm-hmm. somehow. It reminds me a lot of, uh, I've been following this Twitter account called Tokusatsu Gifts. I may have talked about this in our last episode, actually. It doesn't sound familiar. Um, but yeah, it's like at Toku Gifts, T-O-K-U Gifts, um, or GIFs if you roll that way. Um, but uh, it's it's a bunch of gifts from like shows like Power Rangers or Kamen Rider. And I really want to watch Kamen Rider now because, you know, when in Power Rangers, they're like, okay, it's morphin' time, and they do the little, like, pose. Yeah. Imagine that dialed up to 11, and that's at least once every episode of Kamen Rider for any Kamen Rider. So, like, Kamen Rider Build is one that's out now, I think. Maybe it came out last year. And it's uh, essentially the idea of these guys get their armor from like mystical um i don't know what they're called but you know when you get like a gundam model or like a plane model and it comes in those sheets of plastic parts uh and you pop the parts out of the little plastic sheets it's those appear around them and then collide into their bodies and they get the armor off the plastic sheets oh interesting it's really weird looking and really cool but I, i just love these like very intense transitions of like okay we're gonna do fights now and here's this long cgi process of me putting on my armor (laughs) um but it was that for harpy lady yeah so harpy lady has all this armor now so uh she is basically immune to this bow and arrow that the uh that shining friendship has well and then she adds insults injury by playing the d spell card oh yeah which just removes the bow and arrow from play entirely yeah it's just like uh i'm going to just get rid of that and so the bow and arrow just kind of vaporizes before um shining friendship can even use it yep so we don't even get to see it try and shoot the arrow with its stub arms no and that's really sad to me and they okay i'm gonna talk about my worst later on but they do something that i really don't like with the bow and arrow later on uh, and then, uh, let's see my attacks. Oh, my attacks, the face down, uh, magician of faith. Oh yeah. And it dies and it dies. Yep. Uh, and then my has to remind Taya that because magician of faith has a flip effect and it was flipped over before it died, she gets to get a card back from her graveyard. Yeah. And then she kind of spends a couple of minutes just kind of making fun of Taya and saying, if you don't even know the rules, you should just give up now. I'm there's basically no way I can lose because right. you're so bad at this. Right. And Taya's like, no, all my friends are here supporting me. And so I 
I can't lose because that's the power of our shining friendship. That's the power of friendship. That's she spends like a whole couple of minutes talking about it, but that's the gist of it. I think so I think like Yugi has like magical bullshit going on obviously. Like yeah. Bakura has magical bullshit going on. Kaiba doesn't really have magical bullshit going on, but like he's, he's just smart. He's smart. Mai has like her her scent cheating. Yeah, and and just that we saw. I, I think just her like sort of charisma and sort of no nonsense attitude going for her, right? Like Joey has yeah. his just sort of brash personality. I think Taya's thing, like her superpower is monologuing about friendship. Yeah, and they mentioned this like in the episode mm-hmm. talking about how she keeps giving all these friendship speeches and how we've all heard it before. And then Shut she up. just keeps doing it. And she just keeps doing it. <laughs> both because that's what she does and to fill out time in the episode, I would imagine. I think so. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, and so mm-hmm. um, that's oh. basically how she wins is because she has more friends supporting her than uh, Mai does. <laughs> it's, a, it's another way of cheating at Yugi because she has more power of friendship. Mm-hmm. Which means obviously that she's better at winning these card games. So really, the another way to cheat at Yugi is to have more friends come and support you, and then your combined friendship essence will overpower the other person. There it is. There it is. So I think does this mean that Taya is the like super hot fire of uh, dueling? She's a friendship mancer. She gains <laughs> mana from all her friends. Like you said, it's a rap battle. Yep, exactly. She has more people there cheering for her, and so her power levels max out. God, we need to figure out how to make like a homebrew D&D class for this. <laughs> That'd be rad as hell. Like a necromancer, but you get more power the more friends, quote-unquote, you have. <laughs> It'd be like a reverse bard, where instead of like boosting other people, like if you're near your compatriots, they like give you a boost. Yeah. With the power of friendship, you okay, just we get gotta, more we gotta power. finish this fucking episode. I want to go write that yeah. down. <laughs> TM, 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 copyright, 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 TM, TM, TM. All right, what happens next? I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. Okay, again, the, like in these episodes where it's a one off episode and the whole point is just to have a duel, it's so difficult after the fact to remember what actually happens in the duel. Yeah. The before and the after is fine, but during the duel is really weird. So we're on Wikia right now. Thank you, Wikia. Uh, so, ah, so Taya draws Elf's Light. Oh, yeah, Elf's Light, which is just, like, an elf... With light. ...holding some light in its hands. Yep. We don't get a very good sh- look at it. No, but. we we do, is the thing, because I realized, and this is... Oh, yeah, this is a card that was, like, the I size of an this. iPad in her hand. Yeah, yeah, so she holds it up, and they do this, like, foreshortening thing, where, you know, her hand is closer to the camera, so it appears bigger, but they, like really dialed it up for the cards the card is like the size of an ipad mini in her hand it's just this ginormous card and it's this like you know elf girl in a in a green dress and she's got light behind her and a ball of light or whatever and she plays it on uh she equips it no how does she play it oh i, I guess, I guess it's works. a magic card so yeah. she activates it uh after so she gives the silver bone arrow back to shining friendship so we get to watch that ridiculous nonsense again as it like squeaks and yeah bubbles. it gets it <laughs> it 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 chirps and gets its little bow and arrow yeah at, at some point uh my calls it like a puny cupid uh which is accurate uh and then she activates elf's light and elf's light boosts its attack points and taya does kind of this like a beautiful mind like doing the math of attack points and like okay i get the plus 300 from the bow and arrow and the plus 700 from the from the uh uh, uh, elf's light and she activates elf's light and elf's light does a weird thing where the light comes out and then shining friendship changes into the elf girl that we see on the elf's light card yeah uh Shining Friendship, which, like, moments ago was this fat little Kirby thing, like, transforms into, like, an actual, like, fairy, like, person. Yeah. Elf girl. It, it, it sort of, like, it was one of those, what's this? 
Shining Friendship is evolving. Dun, dun, uh, dun, dun, dun. Press dun, B to dun, cancel. Dun, 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 dun. And uh, yeah, it, it evolves up into this uh, this elf woman, this young elf woman holding the bow and arrow. Is that so, where elves come from? That <laughs> might be where elves come from, is evolving Shining Friendship. I don't know. Tiny little uh, puff balls. I, I mean, I, I'm... I'm a fan of that. I'm in favor. Sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, so now it's actually this figure who's holding the bow and arrow and shoots it. We don't have to watch the little puff ball trying to shoot a bow and arrow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so she tells it to attack. And then Mai is like, well, it's still not strong enough. Yeah. So she sends her harpy out. Uh, and then Mai or Taya secretly has this uh another her own d spell card mm-hmm. which she plays on the harpy and it's um it's what was it cyber she, shield cyber shield just, just again vanishes. neither cyber nor shield but yeah so the armor goes away and so uh the former the artist formerly known as shining friendship is able to pierce the um pierce the harpy with its new magical bow and arrow and it dies yep 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 uh, and at that point, Mai realizes that she still realizes she probably knew this whole time uh, that she still had a face down card, which was uh, Harpy's Feather Duster. And but she looks over and she sees um, Yugi finally like starting to snap out of his uh, his navel gazing. Yeah, his stupor. His stupor, and he sees uh, Taya like fighting for him. Mm-hmm. And all the friends are cheering her on, and uh, Maya looks down at this feather duster, and then just kind of says, puts it back down, and says, "You know what? I'm just going to give up. You yep. destroyed my most powerful monster, so there's nothing more I can do. Good job, you beat me." Yep. And that's that's the end of the duel. Yeah. So Taya has a little private celebration. She won one. Yay! Hooray! Yay. Gotea. And some this part bothered me. Yugi uh was looking at Mai and somehow he was like 20 30 feet away at least. And he's somehow able to guess that Mai had this face down uh feather duster card. Right. Through magic? Pro- Who knows? Probably, I don't know. We've Through seen some her... weird shit with Yugi reading people's minds lately, so Yeah. Maybe he is ha- getting some magical powers but he knows that she could have played this and she didn't right and so she my gives up her star chips and Taya cheers and gives them to yugi and yugi says wait uh my you didn't you have a and Taya just or my just says um you know it, it was nothing it was nothing that i could have played sometimes What's what's the line she says about cards? Ah, uh, what is the line? She says something really cheesy. She's some, she's like sometimes it's about the cards you don't play. Yeah, something along the lines of that, or like, um, just because you have a card doesn't mean you have to play it. Right, right. Sometimes it's best to know when to not play a card. You gotta know when to hold them and when to fold them. No, when to walk away. Is that right? She she walks away. Yep, and know when to run. She does not run away, but she like uh, looks over her shoulder at Yugi and like gives him a thumbs up and, and winks. Yeah. And he's somehow cured of his episode because he knew that um, his friends are fighting for him. And that's the power of shining friendship. That's the power of friendship. Uh, yeah. And then, and then Mai's like, Hey everybody, you know, last one to the castle doors, a rotten egg, even though they were just fucking there and they went all the way downstairs again. Yeah. And so <sighs> everyone's like, yeah, all right, let's go. And they start running up the stairs and out of frame, of course. So they didn't have to animate them running up the stairs. Right. But it's like, ah, oh, Tristan takes the lead. And Mai's just like, no, I don't think so. And that kind of thing. And then it like pans up to the castle and the castle is animated completely different than the last time we saw it. Yeah. So, I and mean, the it, episode ends so weird that but that's the episode. Yeah, that was it. That's the power of shining friendship. That's the pet. No, I can't keep doing that joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's shining friendship. Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? Hmm. My f- favorite part of this episode was my, oh. she had like 
meta knowledge. She had like good lines. She was being a good person. Uh, yeah, character development. She was uh, a good character in this episode. Yeah. Good. No, yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Short and sweet. I, it's one of those things where like, I know we didn't talk about them too much, but like I said, watching this episode just for my like one-liners alone is totally worth it, I think. Yeah. She like isn't she's savvy about like the the episode and like all these Taya's like monologues about friendship and stuff and so she comments on it and it's just kind of funny. And I think you know it's further proof that she's the one like grown up in this situation. Yeah. It's never really clearly stated how old she is, but it's clear that she's like an adult. Yeah, she's at least what children. like 22 or so. At least, yeah, like in her in her early to mid 20s. Um and I, I think this episode really shows that of like, she knows that she had extra star chips. She was willing to just give them to Yugi. But if the kids want to duel, the kids want to duel. That's fine too. Like, let's, let's do this. Also, I don't need to win this one. Yeah. And it just, uh, her growth from being like this antagonist who's like cheating at the card games to mm-hmm. being like a, a good person who's like, who cares about these kids and trying to get into the castle. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite? I think my favorite was actually Taya. Was it? Yeah. I, in like a weird way, I, I go back and forth on how I feel about Taya, but I think it's mostly because the show goes back and forth on how it feels about Taya. Yeah. It goes, it really depends on the writing. Yeah. Taya is either like a background character with maybe one or two lines of dialogue at most or a like very strong and capable protagonist and i think this episode is the latter of the two like even though my calls are out and just always having these friendship speeches and not being that great at dueling uh this is the first time we've seen her duel yeah i think short of maybe a like a practice match with joey or something but yeah this is the first like full real duel that we've seen from from taya um I, I think it's really important that she, throughout the whole thing, even though she was getting made fun of and maybe wasn't making the smartest decisions at all times, she stuck with it and kept being like, you know what? This is fine. I'm going to get through this. I believe in myself. I believe in my friends. Like, I'm going to fight for my friends and they believe in me. Yeah, this this is a thing that's important to me and so I'm going to keep going. Um, and there's even a point where she breaks down and like starts crying. I mean, I was, worried, I was more worried she was just going to get her cards wet. Uh, but Mai was like making fun of her for crying and she's like, yeah, no, I, I am crying. Like that's, that's true. But like, also you're still not going to beat me. Like I'm still going to win this card game. Uh, and I don't know. I just thought that was really nice. Like that she can both, you know, have emotion and, uh, be like a strong character at the same time. Yeah. Cause that's not really something you see in a lot of cartoons. I think especially of this era where like, oh, the woman is crying, so she's useless for the rest of this episode, right? Yeah. Like, no, this this ep- this show goes the opposite direction of like, well, yeah, we all cry. Yugi cried the last episode. He's going through some shit this episode. Uh, it's, it's just about kind of what you do with that. Yeah, and it's nice to see her rotate from being a one-dimensional side character with like maybe a couple of lines per episode to having her own episode. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that was my favorite. Uh, what was your least favorite? I have no idea what the hell the animation was doing in this it was weird. episode. It, it was, was weird. weird. It's weirder even than some of the past episodes where the animation has changed. Yeah, this was like in the previous episodes, you could kind of see like, oh yeah, it's just, they're just off model a little bit. These ones, it was really obvious. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what was going on there. You know, the animation style actually reminded me a lot of early Pokemon. A little bit, yeah. And I, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't know that I could say explicitly what, but something about, like, maybe the line weight or the coloring or something. Was... I did notice a lot of the, the line weights on their, like, their faces in the background was, like, noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was clear they kind of just rushed through this one. Yeah. Not the, the best budget. Yeah. What was your least favorite? Oh, boy. Uh, so, okay, my, my honorable least favorite was uh, when Shining Friendship evolved <laughs> into, <laughs> into Fairy Lady so that they didn't have to animate the puffball shooting the bow and arrow. Uh, my real least favorite, though, is there's the scene where Taya grabs uh, Wamuku. Uh, Wabuku? Wabuku. Wabuku. 
Waba Fett. Grabs Waba Fett. Uh, and she's looking at the card and she's like, it's a trap card. If only I could remember what it does. So this cements in canon now that there is no text on these cards. That's true. Before, we've always written it off as like lazy animation, right? Yeah, they Not didn't want to like the cards. animate all the text that comes on these Which I monsters get. cards. I get. That's totally fine. But the whole thing about having a playing card game is that there are a lot of rules. And clearly in Yu-Gi-Oh, there are a lot of rules and a lot of variables. And stabbing the moon is a thing sometimes. And like, you know, it, get, it can get very confusing. But this explicitly says that is because there's no text on these cards. Yeah, I mean, no wonder Taya is not that great at dueling. It's because to be good at dueling, you have to have encyclopedic knowledge of each, every single card in this entire game. Right, and and uh, Mai even goes, "Oh, do I have to remind you that like this effect of this card gives you this thing? Like, if you don't even know the rules, of course you're not going to do well in this duel. But like, where are these rules listed then? If yeah, they're not is there on the a card book somewhere, do you have to look it up? Do you get the like prima guide to to Yu Gi Oh <laughs> to, dual, to monsters? dual monsters? Yeah, like what what is the process like to learn how to play this game? And maybe that's why Joey struggled so much. You know, of like yeah. he has to not only learn how the strategy of the game works, but has to sit down and like study books on the different rules to all the different cards. Yeah. So I don't know it, that, that part really frustrated me. I would be really curious to be like, to maybe play a card game of some kind with just like a standard deck of playing cards, but then in a separate book that you aren't allowed to look at during the game, there's the rules for what each card does. Yeah. That's, I mean, this show plays pretty fast and loose with, any and all rules of sure. this fictional card game, but that's a that's a stretch. Yeah, it's a clear like, oh, this is why this is difficult, and maybe this is you know why the game is taken so seriously as a sport in this world of like it's not just playing cards in the right order; it's remembering what the card does because there's no fucking text on it. <laughs> like, imagine if you were playing football, but the ball itself had all these complicated rules that you would have to memorize to know that, oh, you can't carry it across the yard lines in this way. You can't, like, score a touchdown unless this and this and this happen. Right. Or, like... uh, All this nonsense. Or, like, uh, using the football analogy again, you like, football calls, like, before the... Before the... It's not called a tip-off. Oh, God. Kickoff. Kickoff. Or what's the thing where he throws it back to the quarterback... The snap? The snap. Thank you. Before the snap, uh, what if, because they, they change what the calls are so the other team doesn't know what the strategy is, but like imagine each person has their own set of calls. <laughs> so you not only have to remember what all the calls are for you and you're the one calling them, you have to remember what the other guys are. And everyone has their own like nebulous set of like secret rules. Right. And everyone wears different colored uniforms. <laughs> yeah. That is... That, that is an extremely bad thing to have brought up. Yeah. Yeah. I might even change mine with this this knowledge. Change your... My worst. Oh, yeah? Because that's Have a, I swayed a, you? That's a huge oversight on the, the part of the... Uh, the the people making the show. And, like, maybe it's not. Maybe it's completely intentional and, like, they're... Like, my generous read on this of them being like, oh, this is to make it a more, like competitive and like exclusive game, you know, to give us more respect for the duelists uh, and their intelligence. But like, damn. Yeah. The hell are you doing with this card game? (laughs) Come on, Pegasus. You ever played a card game before? Like that would be like extremely Pegasus though, to design this card game that only he knows all the rules to. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what happens. Yeah, maybe that's what we'll see in the next couple of episodes. Yeah. Is Pegasus has this overwhelming advantage because he wrote the rules for this game and only he knows them. Right. They didn't release. Right. Man. Come on, dual monsters. I uh How did it get so popular in this world? 
<laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So it had to have been created within Pegasus's lifetime. So within the last 20 years, right? Yeah. So, yeah, damn. That'd be like, like, you know how D&D is having sort of a, sort of a renaissance now yeah. of, of sorts, a, a, a revival of sorts. Like it's becoming more popular in streaming and stuff. Like what, like imagine if D and D were popular, but you couldn't look up the stats for anything. Yeah. Like you, your weapons. You could only look at the rule books while you weren't playing. Yeah. <laughs> what a pain in the ass. Yeah. That reminds me though. I will say, uh, I'm gonna forget the name of the streamer, of course. But if you if you look it up, there's a guy who streamed uh, himself reading all the D and D spells in the player's handbook, just reading them out loud. It took like three hours. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is fun. Um. Anyway, yeah, that was my worst. All right. Do you have anything else you wanna you know tack on here? Honorary worst. Uh... Yugi just going into complete shutdown because he lost a card game. I mean, I get that he's dealing with I, this spirit inhabiting his body. Yeah. But come on, guy. I wish that they had made it more explicit uh, what he was kind of freaking out about. Yeah. We just, we usually we get his inner monologue. Mm-hmm. And this time we only got to see, to hear that like once or twice. Yeah. And it kind of made it seem like he was more freaking out about losing at first. Yeah, and then he just kind of mentions like, "Oh, there's this terrifying presence inside of me who's okay with killing people." Like, excuse it, me, horribly injuring people. Well, okay, <laughs> fine, but it, but if they'd spent the episode being like, you know, cutting back to Yugi being like, "I could have killed somebody," like this is serious, and I need to find help because there is a spirit inhabiting me, and it took everything in my power to stop him. Yeah, a homicidal spirit inside of me. Uh, that like is willing my physical form to do its bidding. Uh, that would have been way better, way, way better than just seeing of just him staring into space because he is worried about something card games. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Definitely an honorable, uh, an honorable worst. Um, all right. Well, that's all I can think of for the show, uh, for this episode. I mean, uh, so without further ado, it's time to end the episode. Jimmy, every week we end the episode with a card of the week. Are you ready for this week's card I'm of the ready. week? I'm ready. All right. This week's card of the week is Dino Sewing. Sorry, what? Dino hyphen sewing. Oh, good God. S-E-W-I-N-G. Uh, it's What's a four-star like? fiend slash effect monster. Cannot be destroyed by battle. If this card is targeted for an attack, it gains a thousand attack and defense. After damage calculation, if this card is attack, this this increase, oh, this increased attack and defense returns to zero. So essentially, it can't be destroyed by battle. If you attack it, it has a thousand attack and defense, and then it goes back to having zero. So wow, that's kind of just like a permanent defense monster. But yeah, Dino Sewing. Are you pulling up a picture? I'm trying to pull up the picture. It's being real slow because I'm on my iPod Touch since oh, yeah. I dropped my phone in a lake. You laked your phone. I laked it. Uh. In French, this is Dino Couture. I just noticed it before I clicked over the images. Oh, it's oh, cute. Did you get it's it? It's kind of cute. Yeah, I like it. I was picturing a T-Rex with like knitting needles or something, no. but this is literally just... Um, it's like a plush. Yeah, it's like if a child designed a dinosaur by scribbling mm-hmm. and then you like literally took that design and sewed a plush toy out of it. That's what this looks like. Yeah, it's got like a it's got like a little face on the front that's got two little googly eyes kind of that are What's that expression that it's doing? It's like a determined smile almost yeah, it's like like, <laughs> like if you looked at just the eyes they're angry but the mouth is smiling. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's like, got little, <laughs> little black you. spikes on it. It's uh, cute. Oh god, though. I just pulled up a more high res image. Look at the background. Oh Jesus. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, so what? so uh, listeners, uh, listeners of our audio ah. podcast, imagine with me, if you will, a adorable handmade plush dinosaur. Uh, it's gray. It has black spikes. It's got a devious little face. You just want to hug and squeeze it all night long. Um, behind it is a black miasma of mystic skulls. <laughs> uh, sort of not even cartoon skulls, like. 
skulls coming out of the mist. These are like realistically rendered skulls. Like, like he who must not be named coming for your eternal soul. Uh, yeah, there's two of them in the picture that I have. And one of them... Yeah, one is like laughing. It's right. got its mouth open. It's really weird looking. That's unsettling now that I see that. So it makes me really reconsider the sort of devious expression on the dino-sewing face. Uh, is that... Uh, I'm here to have fun and do damage, or I'm going to eat you. I'm possessed by malevolent spirits. I may look cute, but if you take me and put you put me in your house, I'm going to destroy everything you hold dear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think that dinosauring would sound like if it had a voice? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Except... Judging from the background, that's you would hear that at like two in the morning. Oh god! <laughs> and like you would see this like in silhouette, like down mm-hmm. at the end of your hallway. <laughs> Lauren had a really and then good it story. Would scuttle into the other room. Lauren had a really good story, kind of similar to that. Lauren, are you around? Are you listening to us? Do you, what was it? A Furby uh, that was in your closet yeah. after the battery died. So uh, Lauren super doesn't like Furbies because of this one time she had one and the battery died uh, and she put it in the closet. But then I guess it had just enough battery left to like it at like one in the morning start making sounds. Again oh, just like short circuit <laughs> from little. from the closet. And it was things like uh, what would it say? Oh, she might be coming over here. Oh, here she comes. OK, you, you tell the story. So just out of the middle of nowhere, it would start sentences but not finish them. So it would say those things like, oh, loud sound, but it wouldn't finish all the sentences. Or it would be like, oh, it's dark. And then like just stop talking out of nowhere. It was really creepy. Yeah. So that's the vibe that I get from dino sewing. Um, yeah. So that's our card of the week. Uh, I'm going to put my headphones back on here. One, one second. New studio headphones. Um. All right. So uh, that's our show for this week. All right. Uh, all right. Hey, thank you guys again for listening. Uh, we are going to be back next week with uh, what is it? Season one, episode twenty-six, champion versus creator, part one. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. This is very. I'm very very excited for this. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us in the meantime, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, you can go to our website. It's Tyler.games slash Y-A-M-P or welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Uh, you can email us at you activated my podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to? Nope. You want to plug in the meantime? Nope. Cool. Uh, go look at my website anyway. Since we're moving and I'm changing jobs and stuff, I've just been like randomly putting stuff there. So Tyler.games or welcome to flavor.town. Um, I will plug uh, just uh, last minute here. My other podcast, my D&D podcast, oh, yes. Dungeons Against Humanity, is finally on iTunes. Yay. So if you want to hear me play a warlock in a D&D world where everything is based on and inspired by cards that we pull randomly from a deck of Cards Against Humanity, uh, give a listen in Dungeons Against Humanity. I am looking that up right now. Very excited. Uh, All right, well, that's our show. Uh, Until next time... Believe in the power of friendship. That's the power of...